Hello everybody, welcome to the Gastric Mindset Podcast. My name is Safi, I am 8 years post-op, a therapeutic practitioner with a focus on disordered eating, pre and post-biotic surgery. On this podcast, my aim is to finish crappy fat dieting and unhelpful thinking to reclaim our mindset with a little rewiring so we can stop yo-yo dieting and get off the roller coaster once and for all. Welcome to season two with a new name and a new look. I have some great guests lined up who are experts in this area and will provide us with some great tips to build our own toolkit. I am passionate about making psychological support accessible for long-term success, both physically and emotionally. Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode and today I've got a treat for you. I've got a guest from all the way from across the pond. Um, she's got up really early to have a chat with us. Some of you guys may be aware of her. They've got she's you know she's got a huge following on Instagram and so on. So and a wonderful podcast which April will tell you all about. So April, take it away. Tell us a bit about you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, my name is April Williams. I live in the beautiful state of Washington uh, in the United States, uh, and I am one of the founders of Berry Nation. We are um, a bariatric educational organization, and we're on a mission to connect patients with the tools, resources, and support uh, people need to find personal wellness. So we have a podcast, we have a membership community, we uh, have a a great presence on Instagram and social media platforms when it comes to education. But yeah, uh, I'm a patient myself. And after surgery, I just realized that I needed more than what was provided for my surgical center. And I kind of set myself on a mission to either find what I needed or create it if I couldn't find it and couldn't find it. So we we created Very Nation. Fantastic. My God. And it's so needed. Uh, it's just amazing. So well done. So April, if we just take it back a little bit, just tell us a bit about your journey um, that got you weight loss surgery. So um, yeah, what's your journey being with, with obesity and so on? Yeah. So I definitely have struggled with obesity my entire life. I was a larger infant, a larger baby, a larger child, and my weight really took off after high school. Uh, so I was about 180 pounds in high school and I thought I was the largest person in my class, despite being extremely active. I was a, a three sport athlete, played at the varsity level and couldn't understand why I was always just bigger than everybody else. And in college, my weight absolutely ballooned. I put on about hundred pounds in two years. Uh, and I mean, certainly college food, college life doesn't necessarily help with any of that, but I remained very active throughout college. And I just got to the point where I had tried absolutely everything and um, nothing worked. I tried diets, uh, every pill, every medication. I was under um, medically supervised um uh, diet, I guess from, from a doctor and I would lose 40, 50, 60 pounds and then instantly put it right back on and then even, even gain some more. And when I met my husband, even I think before we were married, he very kindly asked me if bariatric surgery would be anything I would ever consider. And I thought, absolutely not. Like that is, nope, that is you know, I can do this on my own and there's no reason not to Right? like, this is a me problem. This is not a, 
uh, a disease problem. And I fought that for about 10 years. And then one day I was scrolling through Instagram and one of my friends looked very different uh, all of a sudden. And she and I were the same size. We wore the same clothes, same style, right? We were, we very much felt like we were twins. And, and I reached out to her and I said, girl, what are you doing? Because, you know, you look amazing. And she said that she had had weight loss surgery. And it just floored me because I thought weight loss surgery was only for people on my 600 pound life, right? Those shows that yeah. we see. Mm-hmm. And I thought, nope, that that's not, that's not for me. And she walked me through the process and thank God she was willing to have that very open and honest conversation with me because that was what inspired me to, to, to really have surgery. So after that conversation with her, the very next day, I called her doctor and uh, booked an appointment, had a consultation. And I think it was like eight or nine months later, I was having surgery with the same surgeon who had done, who had done hers. And, um, you know, Veronica really was with me every step of the way after surgery. Mm -hmm. And I realized I couldn't continue to rely on one single person. Really nobody else in my life had had surgery. And the the people that I did know who had surgery, I didn't feel comfortable reaching out to and and really kind of like seeking advice from. Mm -hmm. And, And it just dawned on me that the support that was offered by the clinic, you know, was great, but it was a once a month support group. I had moved an hour away from my surgical center and making it to those groups was not something that that I could do. And I was handed a binder of information after surgery and that information was accurate and great, but you need so much more than a binder after bariatric surgery. You know, the, the binder says, you're going to, you're going to have experience some emotional changes and you're going to need to make lifestyle changes. Like it's great to read it, but it's another thing to actually be living it in the moment and not understand why you're feeling the way that you are or why you have to do all these, those things. And, and just feeling like you have nowhere to turn and feeling almost like you're, you're kind of a crazy person because after surgery, you think, everything is going to be great and I'm going to be happy. And finally I have a tool and I'm just going to eat less but that's that's not the case at all. Yes, it is all of those things, but it is so much more. And in this period of time where you think that you should be happy and joyful, you find yourself angry and frustrated and disappointed and regretting surgery. And then you feel guilty because you're feeling that way, right? And everybody thinks, oh, you should be happy. Like you're, you finally are losing weight and things are great. But yeah, no, the, the, the emotional changes that, that you go through after surgery can definitely put you in a, in a different state of mind. And if it had not been for, you know, the, the people that I connected with and then the community that we started to develop through the podcast, which has become Fairy Nation, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way I would have been successful. So my my high weight, my, my weight of surgery on my surgery day was 326 pounds. And today I'm 187 pounds. Wow. At, and that that's four years. So I had my surgery in July of 2019 mm-hmm. and I I've experienced everything under the sun from months long stalls to issues with nutrition, to being totally off of wanting to eat, um, regain weight reoccurrence, uh, grief, all, everything. I, I mean, I feel like I have been through absolutely everything, but the reason I was able to really move through it and get to where I am today mm-hmm. is because I have the support of a community. Yeah, goodness me, it's so vital, isn't it, community? And it's something that's so, yeah, the surgeon would never, well, they wouldn't know, would they? Because they've never, you know, it's so amazing. Goodness me, you've lost a lot of weight. 
And I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more with you because perhaps things are done a little bit different in different countries. Mm -hmm. You know, I think some of us, I had my weight loss surgery abroad um, in, not in Turkey. A lot of UK people do have it in Turkey, but I had it in Belgium and it was very quick. It was two weeks. It was, you know, I had, yeah, different language and all sorts of shenanigans. So we didn't even get, I didn't even get a binder. Oh my gosh. Nothing. They speak a whole different language. So the information is, I don't know if it's French, but it's in a totally different language. So, and I was set on my way. So even a binder would have been helpful for some of us. But yeah, yes. no, yeah, definitely. So did you go through, you go through an insurance setup, is it, with, in the US? I did. Yes. Yeah. I, I qualified for surgery at the time here in the US, our requirements were you had to have a, a BMI of over uh, 40 co- comorbidities, which I did have. I had sleep apnea. I was pre-diabetic. Uh, my cholesterol was very high. Uh, and then you also had to run through a gauntlet of tests to, to prove that you were ready. So it was dietitian appointments. It was internal scans. It was um, meeting with a therapist. Yeah, it was I I basically made myself a little checklist of all of the things that I needed to do. And I just did everything I possibly could do to move through that checklist, uh, you know, expeditiously. But it was still nine or 10 months before I I got approved for surgery. Right. And and that time, do you think that time um, was it? Because I read online that sometimes it's all about just, you know, tick box for insurance purposes. But yeah. do you think that was helpful compared to perhaps somebody who decides to just go and do it next week? Did you think that was the prepping was helpful? You know, I I, I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that. Mm. I, I think in terms of the time frame, I, I've heard people say and professionals in the, in the medical community that it's a good idea to to get some more time and space between the moment you decide to have surgery and then when you actually go through with it, because you really do have to prepare for this monumental change, right? As you know, you go mm-hmm. from one way, one life, one day, and you wake up the next morning and everything is completely different. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that what I learned in between that prepared me any better for life after surgery. What I was thankful for is that I went into surgery and my surgeon went into surgery, having a very clear medical picture of me, right? So he knew everything about me metabolically. He knew my, what my insides looked like. So he was better prepared for surgery. Um, and, and I think the other really, you know, positive thing about bariatric surgery is that unlike almost every other surgery, you know, if you show up to the hospital and you need surgery, they're just going in blind, so to speak, right? They don't know you. They don't know your medical history. They're just, oh my God, we we need to, we need to, 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 to fix you. Mm-hmm. Whereas with bariatric surgery, right? You're going into it very well prepared, um, you know, the, and they just, they know. And as a patient, it also gives you time to understand the type of surgery that you're having and why that was selected, you know, for you and how the procedure happens and how your anatomy is going to change. And then, you know, you really can start to prepare your life for what you think it's going to be like after Mm, surgery. mm, mm. 
Yeah. But I also, I also know that time in between though, if it's too long, people will, um, people will kind of ghost. They they'll get scared. The process is overwhelming. It feels like this is an insurmountable mountain that they're climbing and they will just back out of the process. You know, all, all of the, the recent, you know, research and numbers that, that we've seen here is, you know, only 1% of people who qualify for surgery actually go through with it. Wow. Well, part of that, is the part of the contributing factors to that is that the process is so long that people just give up along the way. My goodness. April, you'd be really shocked to hear if you've never heard this before, but in the UK with an, um, with the NHS, it can take up to four years. Yeah. When you I'm, start the process. And that to me is just absolutely insane because there's no other disease that exists that patients would be made to wait up to four years to be treated, right? Wild, wild, absolutely wild, right? A bonkers. Yeah. And, and in that time, the damage that's been done and the way that that individual could be gaining, and then eventually, guess who has to pick up the bill anyway for, you know, mm-hmm. all the, all, and when all the operations go wrong, also abroad, they end yeah. up picking it up anyway. So it's a wild, yeah. it's a bonkers, it's absolutely bonkers. But there's a lot of stigma still in regard to obesity with the medical community. Yes. And they yeah. Think, yeah. They think it's a very, it's very much an individual problem. They think it's your responsibility. You just eat too much. But yeah. Oh, one of our most powerful podcast episodes um, is with Dr. Eric Smith. And we've done several with him. And in one of those conversations, he he very clearly said, look, obesity is a disease, not a decision. But 99% of the world views it as a decision and not a disease. And that's true for patients. It's true for some medical um, providers, right? We we think that, that obesity is an us problem. It isn't a me or, or an I problem, that I have done something to cause this and that I can do something to fix it. The, the causes of obesity are vast, right? They, and really the modern medicine doesn't really completely understand the disease. It, there are hundreds of things that contribute to it. There are hundreds of things that continue to, to impact it. And it's not a disease that, that there is a cure for. We can treat the disease of obesity, but there is no cure for the disease of obesity. So when you take all of these things into account and then you look at how the the world and different nations treat the disease, it's a little bit baffling. Um, I do think there are changes that are happening in the world because it is being recognized more as a disease and it is being treated as such. Um, And those timelines for getting people treatment are, 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 I think, being expedited. But I I mean, it it still just absolutely blows my mind that we're okay with so many people suffering from a disease that, that will, you know, eventually kill them and negatively impacts the world on so many levels. Uh, absolutely bonkers and I know Canada I don't know about the US but I know Canada is doing such good work around obesity and having specialist doctors and I'm really impressed by their you know, the way they, they're treating it which is amazing but yeah so um, in regards to just you know there's a lot that we could talk about April because there's so many different facets that are you know that impact us when we have weight loss surgery but with with my podcast being all about the emotional impact of um, weight loss surgery, I would love to kind of just, and I know you've spoken to loads of professionals and, and you have a good idea of how it's impacted your psychological well-being. But 
for example, you alluded to earlier about how it can be really the beginning can it can hit you really quickly. It's, mm-hmm. There's not even almost a respite for it. But just if we go backwards a little bit, do you think April would have wanted to hear the the truth about the amount of psychological mindset work that needed to happen before the surgery, or would you just you needed it and you knew you made up your mind and operation was the only thing that was going to fix everything? Yeah, we we talk about this often in in variation because. Right. The, the goal of our organization is we want to connect people with all of the resources, the tools, the education that they need right, to find success, to find personal wellness. But that question remains, if I would have known everything that I know now before surgery, would it have impacted anything? Would it have changed anything? And the the thing that we kind of continue to come back to is, right, you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. And I don't think there is any way to to replicate the the feelings, the emotions and the experiences that you go through after surgery, before surgery. I just don't think it's possible. Mm. What I do think would have been helpful for me is that right after right after surgery, right? I I woke up from surgery. I was in the hospital. I was in an incredible amount of pain, a a level of pain that I'd never experienced before ever. It was the first time I'd ever had um, an opioid uh, pain medicine because the, it was just so intense. Mm. My recovery was nothing like what I thought it would be. It took me months to get to the point where I felt like I had regained my energy that I had gotten my energy back. And in the first week of surgery, I was in the darkest place I'd ever been in my life. I'm I'm a very naturally like happy, bubbly, upbeat person. I'm very much a glass is always half full. I'm always looking at the positive, you know, so that's just who, who I am. So to go from that to a completely different person in one week was absolutely terrifying. And really for about the first year, I was second guessing and questioning everything I was experiencing, feeling, seeing, hearing, because I didn't have any type of roadmap. I had no, I was just like wandering in the desert and I, there were no landmarks to, to look out towards. It wasn't until I really started connecting with other patients. It wasn't until I really developed a deep friendship with Jason Smith, uh, who's uh, um, our other co-founder, and then eventually Natalie Tierney. Um, that I had this like sounding board to bounce things off of. And it wasn't that, you know, cause we're not in the same place in our journey, but I could bounce this like feeling or emotion or here's what I'm experiencing off of them. And they would either reflect back. Oh, oh, wow. I, I could absolutely see how and why you'd be feeling that way. Or they would say, oh my gosh, me too. So all of a sudden it became the safe place for me to go, oh, wait a minute, I'm not crazy. I'm not like off my rocker. What what I'm experiencing is real and valid and it's okay. And they either understand why I'm feeling this way or they have felt that way themselves. So as the podcast grew and as we really started to develop, you know, this, this community within the larger bariatric community, having the ability to have those rather simple conversations with other people really was like a, oh my God, right? This like 
this this sense of relief mm-hmm. and and at the same time the sense of empowerment because instead of me being worried that I was always making a mistake or I was doing something different right I could still rely on my surgical team to ask those questions but I could also now rely on this community to kind of act as this mirror so the the further we got uh, that I got away from surgery and the more that Berry Nation grew at the time it was called East to West WLS and we we've, we've since moved to to Berry Nation mm-hmm. um we really have been able to kind of develop this, this roadmap Mm -hmm. and we're very cautious to, to even call it that, but at the same time, right. Everybody's, everybody's final destination is, is kind of the same. It's personal wellness, right? We want to be well at the end of this, Mm -hmm. but there are a billion roads to get us to personal wellness. Mm -hmm. What we're attempting to do is, is almost to create these guardrails along our journey so that we can say, look, everybody's path is going to be different. Everybody's going to experience, you know, slightly different things, but we kind of go through these similar stages. We kind of experience the same things along the road. Um, and, and we want to be able to tell people, you know, yeah, no, you're, 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 you're still going to, to, to that destination. Or to tell them, oh wow, yeah, no, something is um, something really might be might 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 be off, and you might need to tap into to some medical support here. Or, right, oh, what you're experiencing sounds a lot like you're struggling with emotional eating, or it sounds like you're struggling with grief, or it sounds like you're you're really trying to work through this all or nothing mindset. So if we can kind of identify what people are struggling with and then connect them with the resources that Mm. they need in the moment, Mm. we are providing people with the ability for them to kind of get themselves back on their own path, back on their own road so that they can uh, get to that final destination. What, What annoyed me about so many of the programs that I did before surgery and, and even some programs now, they're very prescriptive. And in some ways that's, wonderful. Sometimes that is needed, but we all experience things at different times. So I experienced grief right after bariatric surgery. Some people don't experience grief for months or years after surgery, Mm. but they need to know that information when they need to know it, not when somebody else thinks they need to know it. So really our, our, you know, we, we live our mission in Berry Nation by saying, here is a massive menu of support. Here's mm-hmm. all of the things that maybe you could experience along your journey. Not mm-hmm. saying that you're going to, but maybe you will. Mm-hmm. But if we can teach you how to identify these, all these different things that you can struggle with, and then we empower you to tap into those resources when you need it, that's a bit of a game changer. It's not us saying, hey, this is this is the road and, and you're going to have to drive down this road. Nope. It's us saying, there's lots of different ways to get to that final destination. And if you need to make a pit stop at emotional eating, or if you need to make a pit stop at all or nothing thinking, we have the resources for you. And you, the patient, get to choice into them when and where you need them. And that's powerful. Amazing. It sounds it sounds really powerful and a great way for, I think, everybody else needs to go that way. I think, all provider should tap into something i know you're only you know but you know i i think it would it would have changed it would have changed the game for me for sure and i'm sure for a lot of people it would have been a game changer because sometimes feeling lonely and feeling like you're the only person experiencing this and april yeah. i don't know if you've got children but i liken the first emotions to like having the baby blues of 
that first instance of giving birth and and also someday mourning my old life and that's I did that very much so we we talk about this all the time and in fact um just recently we we released two very powerful podcast episodes with two um experts that are that are hosts that teach in the Berry Nation uh support community. So Laura Grabo and Tamisha Malone, both both uh licensed uh therapists that have tons of experience in in bariatric care. The their two most recent podcast episodes were all about grief, right? What it is, why we experience grief along our bariatric journey how it could appear in our in our lives and then how we move through it mm-hmm. but when when that grief hits you you do think i thought something is wrong with me right cuz i'm supposed to be happy and i am not happy i am not thrilled that i had to have surgery right because i was too weak right or i failed uh, my life and you know how awful that now i had to rely on surgery mm-hmm. completely inaccurate thinking and mindset on my end but you don't yeah. know what you don't know until you know it yeah right so if we are able to connect people with these resources to go no what you're experiencing is grief we can experience grief for many reasons, not just the loss of a loved one, right? That that grief can, can appear as anger and we can be angry at losing the connection to our old life and to our old self, right? Like after before bariatric surgery, I didn't have to think about food at all. I, I was so checked out. My disease had me thinking about food 90% of the time. I did not have the brain capacity to really think or deal with, with anything else. But what I did have was a familiarity. I knew what life was like. I knew what my relationship with, with food was like. And, and I didn't have to second guess that as as soon as I woke up from surgery, I realized, oh my God, what I once knew, I don't know anymore. I lost a connection with myself with who I thought I was and with what I knew, I absolutely left my old life behind. And I did not realize the severity of that loss of connection. And that triggered my grief. And I did not know how to get myself out of it because I didn't even know I was grieving. So in a, in a period of time where I should have been connecting with myself, naming the emotions, writing down, journaling, why I was feeling the way that I was feeling, I was angry at myself and I was blaming myself. I I was telling myself, oh, great. Something else that you are going to fail at. Something else that you don't understand, right? Why are you, what is wrong with you? I was piling on shame and self-loathing when really what I needed was was love and self-care and some pretty simple things like journaling or talking with friends about how, how I was feeling. So again, if we can connect people with those resources, we're not going to stop them from moving through the experiences that almost every bariatric patient does. We can't do that. But what we can do is connect them with the resources that they can employ in their own lives so that they move through it in a more kind, caring and loving way. Amazing. Yeah. It, it, with compassion all the way. I could not agree with you. You know, um, I think with our community, sometime we've lived a life of just work harder, no pain, no gain. Go, go harder, go home. You know, and so, so if somebody, if you said that to me, April, eight years ago, um, you know, you just need to journal, Safi, or do these kind things. I'm like, what the heck is she on about? Like, I would have, I would be like, yeah. get out of town because I would have, 
because I needed, I wanted a strict plan because I was in that mindset of, I am, you know, I am lazy, I am weak. I need, you know, it, it had to be the hardest possible plan that you could put me on for me to even, to fathom the idea that it will work. So mm-hmm. for some people who are not on this, who have not, who are not exposed to this yet way of, you know, self-care, when we say these things, they must think, no, because sometimes I, I read the community, you know, the Facebook groups and, but it's, you know, some of us are still on that mindset of, you know, to reset, pad reset, just go on liquid, you know, it's all very, very harsh and very, you know, the, the diet mentality. So I love the fact that you, you say, actually, it's, you know, you're going to get through it and it's going to maybe be a little bit different for all of us, but it's going to be from a place of we're here, we're going to hold you, we're going to, you've got mm-hmm. the support. So I love that, April, and I, yeah, that's brilliant. And it sounds brilliant. So tell me, tell us a bit about um, Barry Nation, like the setup, what is it like? What, you know, what would you get if you joined? What happens? Yeah, so the the reason we we created what, what we did is, right, there, there are plenty of bariatric communities out there. Absolutely, right, they, they, they exist. Um, but we were looking for one that both Jason and I could join and, and Natalie, right? So men and women, men and women in, in all kinds of different stages and in every stage of life, right? So so in Barry Nation, we, we have people who are 20 years old and we have members that are 75 years old, right? So we have people who are professional. We have people that are parents or grandparents. We have people that are, um, right, single, li- live in their best life, so, so to speak, so we just wanted this very open, warm, welcoming, and inclusive space that that we could go to learn how to live our pillars of success. So we really think that there's there's four things that that we need to to work on every single day if we want to be successful. We have to work on uh, intentional movement. So movement is one of our pillars. Mindset. We have to focus on what we think, how we think, and why we think the way that we do. We have to focus on metabolic wellness. So for us, it's not about size, shape, or weight. It's about being metabolically well. So do we have any markers of metabolic disease with or without medication, right? So the medical definition of of metabolic wellness is that you don't have any of those markers without medication. We know from so many people in our community, cholesterol, um, right? High blood pressure is just something like at the cellular level and medication is gonna be something that they need no matter what, even if they lose 200 pounds. So our focus is, are we metabolically well? And then community, right? So, so if we focus on movement, mindset, metabolic wellness, and we're, we are involved and, and really engaged in a caring, kind community that has peers, really great things are going to happen in, in our life. So all of the support that you can access in the Barry Nation membership community is grounded in one of those pillars. I mean, the community is is the community. So that's almost the foundation, the base where all this happens. Um, But in the support community, you can access over 80 live support events a month. And these are 100% digital. So you do them from the comfort of your home or for wherever you you are, as long as you have internet, right? And a a smartphone, so to speak. 
Um, we offer support groups that are only led by licensed credentials, uh, credentialed experts. So uh, our support groups right now um, are very targeted. So if you're struggling with emotional eating, you can attend an emotional eating support group led by Laura Grabo. If you're struggling with addiction transfer, so if you notice that maybe you're shopping a little bit more than what you used to, or you're relying on something else outside of yourself to help you get through these difficult moments, you could be transferring right that kind of dependence that you had on food to something else. We have a support group for that. We have a support group for people that are experiencing regain or weight reoccurrence. We have a support group for people that are in the trenches of bariatric grief. We have a support group for people that are newly post-op or are great one-year one year post-op. So these are opportunities for you to get support and guidance from licensed and credentialed experts who, right, who this is, this is what they do. So you can really trust the the, the the support that you're getting. We have classes, so opportunities for you to learn live from the from the experts. So just a few days ago, Laura Grabo taught a class on growing through bariatric grief. So understanding what what grief is and and how we can move through it, kind of from this academic perspective, right? So if you kind of want to get get into the weeds and you really want to understand something from that academic level, uh, the classes are for you. And those are recorded, which is nice because if you can't make it live, you can watch the replay anytime that, that you can access it. And we have thousands of hours of classes and content that, that is in our on-demand video library that you can watch. Uh, then we host meetups and these are more casual in nature. They're led by peer moderators, just like myself. And sometimes our experts host them as well. But this is really an opportunity if you don't need the big heavy hitting support, you're not ready to dive into to really learn something. You just want to connect with other patients and, and just kind of have that social aspect, that, that camaraderie. That's what our meetups are for. And our meetups uh, can be based on the stage that you're in. So if you're in the honeymoon or you're struggling through the commitment or you've just had surgery or you're gearing up from surgery, we have meetups that are geared just towards the stage that you're in. And then we have other fun meetups. So we, we have LGBTQIA plus support uh, meetups. Uh, we have meetups for people who are 50 years and older, right? Because life stage makes things different. So yeah, so when you look at our calendar, it's absolutely packed. I think in November so far, we have 92 events that you can choose from. And once you become a member, you have access to all of these. So they're all virtual, they're on Zoom. Um, they're only um, open, right, to members of our community. So it's a safe, private, you know, place where, where you can go. We don't really share member information because a lot of people that undergo surgery don't make it publicly known. So we're not broadcasting or advertising who's in the community. We wanna really keep it safe for people. But yeah, once you become a member, you, you log into the community, you have this giant calendar that you can choose from. You have a robust video on-demand library. You have chat spaces that you can connect with other patients kind of in real time through chatting. Um, and we have a, a social feed. The, the the thing that makes Berry Nation different from any other social network that's out there is that our social feed is not driven by an algorithm. So it's not us promoting something that somebody said over what somebody else has said. It's literally this place where everybody is equal, everybody is is the same, and you can really connect with people um, on a on a much deeper level. And our community has guidelines, uh, and those guidelines are adhered to. So it sometimes for Facebook for me, those support groups can just become 
very overwhelming, very negative, very like, you know, oh, I can't believe you can. No, we don't, we don't stand, we don't tolerate any of that in, in Berry Nation. Um, so it really is a very different experience uh, from, from kind of what, what is out there on, on the public's, public's sphere, so to speak. So we're not here to tell you what to eat, how to eat, when to eat. We we are literally here to provide you with all kinds of resources that you can access when and where you need it. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds brilliant. And I love that it's a safe, safe space because it's, you know, it's wild in, in, in the Facebook community. So I'm, that sounds great. And for especially people who, yeah, you, like you said, perhaps just need to be part of a community and start dabbling and start easing their yes. way into this. Not everybody's ready for inner child work straight away with one-to-one therapy. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ease our way. Yes. It sounds brilliant. And it sounds like you've got loads of evidence-based stuff there as well. So if somebody oh, yeah. really learn about that, that's brilliant because I think it's vital that us as patients really learn also about the fact that you know, because we could say to people, it's not your fault. You know, there's epigenetics, there's all sorts of things at play here, set points. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you when you really delve deep into it, then you can be kind to yourself and realize, yeah. my God, I am yeah. fighting a good fight because yes, that's a lot. There's a lot going on. So that sounds brilliant. And I, you know, if anybody follows you on social media, it looks like such a party. It looks, you know, <laughs> you it, you guys look like you have so much fun. And so, yeah, brilliant. I'm going to, I'm very aware of your time today, um, April, because I know you probably have to get ready for work and so on. But um, I'm going to put all your details at the bottom of um, of, the, of the podcast. What's the best places to connect with you? Could we yeah. Yeah, drop you messages for questions? Yes. If we want to know about the pound exchange, how much you, you know, where could we figure that all out? Yes. Yes. So thank you for for saying that. And the one thing I want to make sure that that people know is there are there's so many different ways to to get support in and out of Berry Nation. And there are so many wonderful resources and people out there. And it's important as a patient that we find what works for us. So just like we try on a new pair of jeans, we really need to to try on the support that we want to onboard into our life. So um, we offer a 14 day trial of Berry Nation because we want to make sure that this is the right place for you. And sometimes the time differences can be a little bit wonky, but um, we do offer support throughout the entire day. So it starts as early as 6 a.m. on Pacific time and it goes all I mean, it's throughout the entire day. So uh, if you have questions about when when our support is and the type of support that we offer, absolutely send us an email just to hello at BerryNation.com. You can also send us a direct message on Instagram. We're at berry.nation. Uh, it's just us, real humans behind everything that we do. So uh, when you reach out to us on Instagram, when you reach out to us by email, it's either myself, Natalie, or, or somebody else on our team who, who is responding. Um, and we understand how, how scary this can be. Participation in Berry Nation looks different every single day for every person, right? Some days you are ready to click into to that Zoom and to participate by by commenting and, and right and and 
and being there. Some days you just want to pop into a Zoom and you don't want your camera on and you don't want to talk. You just want to listen. That is allowed. Participation in Berry Nation means that you, you are there, you are present, and you are taking in something that is sparking inspiration in your life. So maybe that means you're just going to cruise the feed and you're going to comment on what people have posted. Maybe that means that you watch something in the on-demand video library. Maybe that means that you're checking in through a direct message with somebody within the community. Right. Our goal is that every day you have a safe place to go to really practice what you are learning about being a bariatric patient. That's what it's all about. Uh, so we we encourage everybody to check it out. Our website is www.barrynation.com. And there you can read our blog. You can learn more about the community. You can listen or watch the podcast. So our podcast is just the Barry Nation podcast. It's available on every podcast player. We also have a great YouTube channel that has a ton of resources. So you can like and subscribe there. So you'll always be in the know when, when things happen. Uh, we have several international members of the Barry Nation support community. We have people in the United Kingdom. We have people in Australia and Canada and New Zealand, um, really all, all over the world. So we are certainly um, here to support people no matter where where you live and we would love 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 to connect with you so if you have any questions please just reach out we we are here to help fantastic and yeah I just you know I messaged April and she messaged me back and it was all very very easy and very, yeah so wonderful <laughs> April I want to first of all salute you for you and your co-founders for all the work you're doing um thank you so much and we're going to change the way things are for our community. And that's really important. And thank you so much for empowering all of us. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to me this morning, this afternoon. Well, thank you for waking up early for me. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you for being here with me. I hope you got some value from this episode. If so, please give me a review. It will make me super happy and support others from our community to find the podcast. Share it with your Barry Bestie. Connect with me on Instagram at Gastric Mindset. It will be wonderful to hear from you.